Tuesday Night Talk is a part of Real Sound Reviews YouTube channel where I make tutorial, reviews and many incredible things to help you in sound creation. You can support by donation on patreon.com zdv and indeed subscribe to never miss a single episode. Hello everyone, Tuesday Night Talk. Today we are receiving Herman Eidoner. I s hope I pronounce it the right way. Um, full disclosure to start, Herman will record uh, the answers that I will ask separately, but instead of putting a blank screen with written question, I prefer to ask him recording this question in the first place. If you like this content, please smash the like button, consider subscribing, it helps the growth of this channel and let us know in the comments if you agree uh, with this comment. Herman uh, recently published um, a book about frequently asked question on mastering is a sound engineer based in Istanbul, Turkey. He has been doing mastering for almost a decade now. And uh, his book is absolutely interested because in a first part you have musicians, producers, sound engineers uh, giving their views about what they expect about mastering, how they consider the mastering process as a final stage in the sound chain, so you can share or disagree with their opinions. And then you, uh, we have a series of questions that I won't spoil now, but that are absolutely interesting, like, is mastering always necessary? What are the preferred features of a DAW for mastering? Um, is it possible to do mastering with headphones? What is loudness? Very important question. And um, what is first to use? Equalizer or compressor? Linear phase? Others? Very good question indeed. And uh, I don't spoil all the questions, but there is something that I find very relevant and difficult. A question that can lead to World War III on Facebook group and forums for 30 years now. Which one is better, Windows or Mac OS? So I find the, the ability to face such a question very interesting and uh, brave. So uh, hello, Herman. Um, my first question to you is going to be, why did you choose to become a mastering uh, engineer uh, instead of becoming, for example, live sound engineer or mixing producer, what uh, did you came to that choice? Hi to you and everyone watching. Thank you for having me as your guest. It's a great pleasure. Um, the first professional work I did was a mastering job. But actually, in the beginning, I was not only a mastering engineer. Uh, I was also working as a recording engineer and I recorded uh, many albums for a long time period. But uh, I'm a bit of peaceful mind and mastering seemed much more peaceful to me. So after a while I decided to go into that way. 
on the other hand, live sounds is a bit of different thing. And uh, my ears are priceless. I don't want to lose them. But working as a live sound engineer uh, leads you to suffer from hearing loss. Uh, I don't want it. And I see that working in both environments uh, is like being a bit of disrespectful to studio clients. And I don't suggest newcomers to go into both ways. I think uh, choosing one way is the path to success. How would you define mastering? Uh, my question is uh, uh, difficult and simple at the same time. Most of the time on Facebook group or forums, people think that mastering is about raising the overall level of uh, the, uh, the sound production. Uh, it's also about finding consistency inside of the different tracks of an album, but I let you answer about this. But uh, what I think also is uh, we don't do exactly uh, mastering in the sense that we've um, craft the, the very um, uh, master, physical master that will be used inside a factory, some uh, vinyl sound engineer um, will make mastering do this, but not all of them. But when it's about digital format, indeed, it, we cannot do that. So, uh, would you agree also uh, to say that, in fact, we do pre-mastering uh, rather than mastering uh, as in the uh, absolute sense? And so, I, um, again, uh, how would you define mastering? Uh, as a common answer to your question, uh, I can define mastering as the last step of music production. It's the bridge between studio and listener's ear. Uh, we have a two-step process. The first step is creative process and the second one is a quality control process. Uh, the first process, uh, creative one, is about making the, uh, helping the mix and music sound as best as possible on every platform or device. And the second part, second process is quality control, which is about uh, checking the music for unwanted noises such as clicks, pops or distortions and proofing the masters for the best playback on every device or platform. Uh, for the second part of your question, uh, I can say the mastering name comes from the old vinyl days. Uh, it was the cutting engineer who was responsible to cut the lacquer masters, which is uh, used for mass production of vinyl. They were preparing the parts, uh, the masters, we call masters as parts. And it's the same today in digital age. Uh, we are still preparing parts, which are digital files, and they are used for uh, mass production or streaming on platforms. It's the same today. Um, I suppose you work with professional studios, uh, very, very premium production, and you know their habits, you know how they, uh, um, they EQ such things or which kind of effects, compression, reverb they are going to use. But I suppose also that uh, 
you uh, work with a small budget production home studios sometimes and I wanted to know what is the common mistake what that you have to fix as a mastering sound engineer. The most common problem I and I believe all my colleagues deal these days is the problem on lower frequencies. Um, I can't call it as a mistake because I don't think it's caused by the person mixing the record. I believe this is caused by the cheap listening systems and acoustically bad designed rooms. Uh, as you know, uh, recordings and mixing can be done with very cheap equipment at homes and as a result we deal with these problems. The second common problem these days is the bad balance of lead vocals in a mix. I believe uh, a good mixing engineer has to balance the lead vocals well in a mix. And, um, it has to be, lead vocals has to be the best pronounced and the best balanced instrument in the mix. And I believe good mixing engineer is the one who can do that. It requires lots of, maybe hours of uh, vocal automation, vocal writing in a mix. But many people don't do that these days. Next question, what is the amount of uh, vinyl mastering you are doing? I'm very curious to know if there is uh, a market for vinyl in your country. And uh, do you think uh, that musician uh, and audience are really well informed of the limitations of this format? Of course, there is a market for vinyl in Turkey, but I have to say that it's a very small market. Uh, and most of the vinyl record buyers are hi-fi lovers or people that are into DJing stuff. I have some clients who want digital masters prepared for vinyl cutting, but it's not a common thing too. Uh, for vinyl cutting, you need to have a machine called uh, cutting lathe. Uh, cutting lathes are very old machines. Uh, they are not produced for a very long time and maintaining those machines uh, is very hard. Uh, as far as I know, we don't have any cutting lathes in Turkey and uh, production plants do not produce uh, vinyl discs in Turkey. So the process is uh, we are sending our digital masters to foreign countries like uh, UK, United States or Germany and the engineers cut the discs in there and sends our uh, discs to plants and the process is like that. Um, for the last decade, what are the most striking changes in mastering that occurred um, according to your personal experience? I think the two biggest changes are the growing use of digital audio processors and the target of recorded music. In the first decade of 2000s, it was very hard to find high-quality plugins. Uh, audio plugins were not as good as they are today. First rule of mastering is do no harm. So you have to select your tools very carefully to not to harm the mix. Today, it's very easy to find high-quality plugins and you can work in the box only using digital audio processors. 
I have many hardware gear, hardware choices in my studio. And even I sometimes work with only plugins in the box. Uh, the second change is about the formats and the uh, target of the recorded music. Ten years ago, CDs were still around and the music was mostly prepared for radios or broadcasts. Today it's changed to uh, streaming and the formats uh, has changed to digital audio files. Next question, is there a piece of hardware or software that is a, a game changer in your sound process inside your sound chain? And by the way, you can also uh, maybe explain to us what, what, is the, what is the equipment you are using inside your studio. It's, uh, all informations indeed are very welcome. The most important gear I have is my ears and they are the real game changer for me. Uh, I can work with any tool which have enough quality as far as I have uh, healthy ears. Of course, I have some gear which I don't want to work without. I have been using the same listening system for almost 10 years now and I'm very used to their sound. Um, also, cable makes a very big difference uh, and I use cables from Sommer Cable from Germany. And analog to digital and digital to analog conversion is a very big part, very important part of mastering setups. I find, uh, to my ears, merging technologies from Switzerland makes the best converters and I use, I use their converters in my setup. And uh, Pyramix, which is a product of merging technologies, is my main digital audio workstation. Of course, as you see, I have some uh, hardware choices and also I have some plugin choices, uh, which are mostly from IK Multimedia, Isotope, uh, Mac DSP or some others. And they are uh, on all of my projects every day. More and more, uh, we see um, streaming platform like SoundCloud or Spotify um, releasing some kind of plugin or online mastering automatic uh, systems, automatic uh, AI that correct the sound. Uh, what do you think about that? And uh, are you not afraid that uh, eventually the uh, power of streaming platform will narrow the possibilities of sound production as a whole and for mastering in particular. I think the growing use of those services shows us the importance of mastering for people. People using those services believe that their music has to be mastered by professionals, but most of them uh, don't have enough money to hire a professional. I believe human input is uh, very important for any part of music production. Uh, AI mastering uh, cannot discuss ideas and give opinions about your music and uh, cannot be long-term friends with clients as I always do. I believe AI mastering in long-term will only serve for cheap and uh, low-quality productions. 
And uh, my last question, as always, is uh, as far as you can remember uh, in your recollection when you were a child, a teenager, um, what is uh, your oldest memory linked to uh, music? Uh, you mentioned in your biography that uh, you were pretending to accompany orchestra with a guitar-like toy instrument at weddings, which is a very nice memory, but maybe you can share with us uh, another uh, memory uh, linked to uh, your passion for uh, music. It was all about my family. Uh, my mom, my brother and my uncle were huge music fans. Uh, my brother was bringing cassettes to home and thanks to him I was having chance to listen to many kinds of music. Then uh, he started playing guitars and I was admiring him and I wanted to play like him too. Uh, he was taking me to rehearsal studios. I was accompanying him by playing drums. Then my mom bought me my first guitar. Uh, its brand was Fair Lady. I still have that old guitar and she is a real fair lady. Uh, actually, I wanted to be a rock guitarist, but as you see, I'm an engineer now and I'm very happy about it. Thank you for having me as your guest. Uh, it was a great pleasure. I'm sending my best wishes from Turkey to all your watchers and see you soon. Thank you very much to be with us and uh, a huge thanks uh, everyone for watching. Consider subscribing, drop a like and uh, I will see you on this channel very soon.